Our campaign that we're wrapping up is called The Life Revealed from 1 John 1, 1 through 4, and I planned it out to end on Christmas Eve with our final, uh, as the final sermon of this campaign. So before we jump into that, would you guys join with me in a word of prayer? Lord, God, we thank you that in the gospel, uh, the life has been revealed as we've been, as we've been talking about through these four verses, that Jesus, your incarnation, Jesus, the meaning of your incarnation, the theological truths surrounding the gospel have been revealed. So we trust you, Lord, as the life. You are our life. And Lord, we thank you for this plan of redemption. We thank you for humbling yourself, coming to earth to save and redeem your people. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're just going to begin by reading through the first four verses, and I'll make a few comments on it, and then we'll be done. Before I go on, kids, you guys crushed it. Well done, everybody. Let's give them a round of applause, too. Yeah. Amazing. Great job, you guys. <laughs> All right. First John, beginning here in verse 1, says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed. And we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father, and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So now we've been talking about this passage for the last month here in church on Sunday mornings and in the devotional. So if you haven't been following along with us, that's okay. I'm not going to go through all of it again. If you have been, That'll add a lot more context to what I just read. You should have that operating in the back of your mind. But what we're going to focus on here tonight for Christmas this year is the end, the last verse, 1 John 1, verse 4. John says we are writing these things, everything that he's about to write in the rest of this book. He's articulating, teasing out what the life revealed means, what the gospel is, as we've been saying. We are writing these things with the purpose of, so that, he says, our joy may be complete. So the second of two reasons that John gives here, and he writes it, so that our joy will be complete. So the life revealed in the gospel, that Jesus has come to redeem us, that Jesus was born. God, second person of the Trinity, incarnated, took on flesh to die, to save us, to rise again, to vindicate that he is indeed God. The truth of this gospel is so that our joy may be complete. Our joy may be complete. Not just the events of Jesus' life, as we've been talking about. It's one thing to say that Jesus was born to Mary. It's another thing to say that Jesus, God, was incarnated and took on flesh in the birth that we celebrate on Christmas. So our big idea for today is real simple, that in the gospel there is fullness of joy. When we believe this gospel message, our joy is complete, John says, this collective joy that we share in together is complete. Joy is a big theme in John's gospel. It's a big theme in John's first epistle. In John 15, 11, he quotes Jesus saying, I have spoken these things so that my joy, Jesus says, may be in you and your joy may be complete, he says. 
In both of these passages, I think they're kind of riffing off of Psalm 1611, where the psalmist says, you make known the path, uh, you make known to me the path of life. He says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So in the gospel, remember last week, we talked about how by belief in the gospel and the events of Jesus' life, the truth of the theological meanings of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, when we believe those things, we're brought into fellowship with God. Right? So we have fellowship with God and with one another. But when we're in fellowship with God in the fullness of God's presence, and we can experience God's presence where there is fullness of joy, joy can be a part of our life experience. Christmas is a time where we think a lot about joy. Joy to the world, we sing, right? And because of the gospel, we can have this joy. But not just joy, partially. John says, this is where we have full joy, complete joy. A couple of things on this. First, fullness of joy is in the presence of God when we're brought into the gospel, as I just said. So our desire for joy, then, is not the problem. Many of us tried to have joy for so long. And when I talk about joy, I don't just mean like this feeling of happiness that you're always going to be happy, ecstatic, and smiling. It's this deeper abiding sense of joy, of gladness. So our desire for joy isn't the problem. Where we look for joy, however, tends to be the problem. We tend to look for joy, especially around Christmas season and the Christmas dinner, which does produce some joy. In opening presents, which produces joy. In time with loved ones and watching our favorite Christmas movies, all of those produce joy. Or maybe it's your favorite Christmas tradition, if, even if it's quirky and weird and you and your family love it and whatever. I just learned that this is a Christmas tradition this year for some folks. They put a pickle or like a pickled ornament in the tree and the first one to find it is like to have good luck that year. Has anybody else heard of that? Does anybody do that? Is there a pickle in anybody's tree? Oh my goodness, okay, super cool. Uh, so that can produce some joy, all of these traditions and fun things that we do, right? But that's not where fullness of joy lies. And I think we all know that because we've all faced disappointment in putting our hope for joy in those things in some way, shape, or form, right? Fullness of joy is in fellowship with God and in his presence. So secondly, Christians, we need to live as if Fullness of joy is in the presence of God. So often we think of the Christian faith as just another obligation, another duty. It's boring. All the things we don't get to do, we think of it as. In the Christian faith, we ought to live as if this is true. When we experience the presence of God more and more, we are experiencing more and more the fullness of God's joy that he has for us. It means that God wants us to have joy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? God wants his people to experience joy. And so if your experience of the Christian faith has been less joyful and more like a burden, I have to go to church, I have to give, I have to follow rules, I have to do all of this stuff, you've moralized a redemption story. You've moralized a redemption story. The Christian faith is not meant to be a burden. It's supposed to give us joy and peace with God. Similarly, if nothing has changed in your life since you've become a Christian, then you've forgotten that you've been redeemed. 
that you have been made new. You've been brought into the people of God and brought into fellowship with God. And when you experience the presence of God, you cannot but change. Because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. The presence of God changes us. Obedience to the way of Jesus, it only comes by being brought fully into the presence of God through faith in the gospel. So start. If those things characterize your faith as a burden or nothing's really changed in your life, pursue the presence of God. Pursue the presence of God with everything that you are. There is nothing more important in life than to be in God's presence. And the gospel makes this possible because Jesus was incarnated and born and died in our place to save us and redeem us. So fullness of joy is not in Christmas. And your Christmas going perfectly this year. <laughs> I hope it does. <laughs> but that's not where the fullness of your joy lies. Complete joy lies in the experience of the presence of God. So pursue that at all costs. Nothing is more valuable. I want to leave you with the words that the kids <laughs> paraphrased from Luke's gospel. And band, you guys can come and get set up here. Luke, 10, Luke 2, 10 through 11 says, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. Jesus is our Savior. He is Christ, our Messiah. And he is our Lord. He is God in flesh. And in his presence and through the gospel that he has given us, and we have faith in him and in his gospel. We can be brought into the presence of God where there is fullness of joy. Would you pray with me? Then we're going to light up our candles and sing Silent Night. Father, Lord, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for Jesus, for the incarnation. Lord, this redemption story didn't just begin with Jesus. You had, you had been prophesying about it for centuries before. But Lord, it came in full in Jesus. And we see it so clearly in Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, our hope is in the gospel for our fullness of joy. It's not in something else. It's not in anybody else. It's not in stuff. It's not in things. Lord, it's in you and in your presence. So, Lord, would your spirit just stir in our hearts and call us into your presence more and more to experience complete joy that you have for us that's made possible by the gospel. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.